I hope I have some things to bring to your attention today that um, has been on my mind lately, and I, I figured if kind of a common guy, maybe it's on your mind too. seems that we have had a, uh, a different world that we've lived in, a different nation rather, and possibly the world, than just six months ago. And when you think about that, you, it seems to attack um, uh, your nerves, your anxiety, your emotions, a lot of things that you, you look that's going on in the world and it affects, affects your thinking. And so you think about this, you know, as I said six months ago, you, you wasn't thinking about that. So if you think about your condition of your mind then, you know, that's maybe where we need to try to get back to. Less anxiety, less fear, less emotions, uh, less... Uh, of worry of what's going on in the world today, but how do we get there? How do we get in a position where we are more at peace? And Sean brought a lesson last Sunday on peace, and, and it was his timing of his lesson was really the timing of my lesson. I was thinking about one on peace also, and I wanted to get it done before we headed to Red River, so I put this lesson together. It's a little, little bit of a different twist on peace, I believe, than kind of what Sean had talked about, but but one that we need also. When you think about the Lord's peace, the Lord was in a lot of difficult circumstances, way more probably than I'll ever experience in you also, but yet he dealt with it with a quiet spirit most of the time. There's a few times that he, um, I guess, got angry, but sinned not when he kicked tax collectors out. There was one time when Peter pulled his sword. He actually, when Peter pulled the sword, Christ is telling him, you know, put the sword away. And so he was more... You would say, even in very difficult circumstances, at peace. And so how was Christ that way? How could he have that demeanor about him? And I believe, you know, with what we're dealing with today, it makes it difficult because we're not Christ, we're human. And so these emotions and things work on us. What I try to start doing when I see things going on today uh, within the country that's so different than it was just months ago, I think that I'll try to go back and look at the world and start doing comparisons. I think, well, what about, what about my ancestors? How was it when they lived in this world? My grandpa, my dad, and then I come back to us, and then you're thinking about your children. Maybe what's it going to be like on, in their lifetime? But when we think about peace, I think in this lesson we'll find out that, that it's not so much that we're going to have maybe an inward peace at times. We're going to have turmoil and some tribulation. And when I look back, I've seen my ancestors. They did. They had tribulation. Um, the Dodies come over on Edward Doty, first one on the Mayflower, landed at Plymouth Rock. Half of those people starved, uh, died of disease. Some of them made it up on, on to shore and went on and found a life for themselves. But Edward Doty was a, a sort of speak, um, a good name that the English give it from Great Britain at the time. A slave was an indentured servant. And so that's what they put the title on. But he was a slave, and he was a slave to a tanner. And so they, they had a hard time in that time. They liked to froze to death, one thing. So, but they got through it, and they moved on. Those Dodies originally started floating on down into Missouri. That's where my grandpa come from. Walked behind a wagon train one trip. Rode the wagon one trip when they were bringing supplies back into Texas. They ended up in Cleburne, Texas, my grandpa. 
And so the stories that my dad told me in 1929, he was born in 24, in 1929 to 39, that 10-year window of depression, dust bowl, uh, no money to speak of. People had money or you didn't. There was hardly any between. So that was difficult. They went out west, and really they were day laborers. And so they would go and pick cotton and, and work. And when my dad was seven, so he was born 24, 1931, he would be at the end of a cotton row waiting for his son to come up. And he always asked himself, he thought about that, he said, why were we there before sunrise waiting for that sun to come up? And later in life he said, my grandpa, his dad, had so much integrity, he was, as a day laborer, he was going to give that landowner that cotton. As soon as that sun come up, they were going to start. And so that was why they were there before the sun was up. But it was, when I think about that, of, of that situation, what we're facing today, when you start looking at the, that perspective, and yeah, I do comparisons, it, it gives you some insight, but still doesn't give you peace. Doesn't me. I mean, you think about that in comparison. Comparisons sometimes, really, it sometimes just doesn't work. So what do we need to have peace? I want to tell you something. I need you as a church. I need every one of you. We need a refuge. This church that Christ established is a refuge. And then right now, we cannot let the world creep into this church, in, into Christ's church. It's got to stand out. It's got to be different. I want to worship the Lord. And if I can't come to church and worship the Lord, and we ha don't have hope in Jesus Christ, we don't have anything. So we need to be faithful. We need to have the attitude that Christ and the Lord supersedes everything that this world has to offer that's negative. And that's what I hope this lesson is going to help you with. Peace, i leave with you. You know when Christ was with the disciples, John 14 and 27, he's getting ready to depart. He's, he's going to be, you know, killed. And so he's letting them know, you know, I'm going to be leaving you. And in John 14, 27, He's talking to the disciples there. He says, peace I leave with you, my peace. I give unto you not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. So when we think about peace, Christ's peace, not the peace that the world gives. So I think that's one of the things that we need to do very first is to separate and define what this peace is. And we're going to do that in this lesson. Peace is going to come one day. It may not be in this lifetime. It may be some changes in this world that gets back difficult again for us. In the months, a few ago, months, uh, we have lost so much in that time frame, haven't we? So we're kind of feeling the pain of it, of some of those freedoms that go away. But that's where so many of the times that we are dependent on the worldly peace. And Christ is teaching them that he's going to give them a peace that's much different. You know, in this chapter, Thomas, Philip was asking him questions like when Christ is saying that he's getting ready to go. Uh, in John 16, here, he's telling them that there's going to be tribulation. Let me read this first, then I'll make that comment. These things have I spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. 
In the world, you shall have tribulation. But be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. Start with that be of good cheer is courage and comfort. And so what Christ is teaching his disciples as he's preparing to leave and talking to them about the peace he's leaving them is, is to start with Thomas Philip was saying, well, well where are you going? You know, which, which way is this? Where are you going? So they're really showing a lack, kind of a lack of faith. Philip is, is saying, and Christ was saying, well, you know, you're, you're gonna, I'm going to my father. So Philip starts saying, well, I want to see your father. So Christ is saying to him, you've seen me. How long have I been with you? You've seen me, so if you've seen me, you've seen my father. So he's instilling them back into them that faith. But you can see that lack of faith. So Christ is preparing them that he's going to be leaving, and he wants them to have this peace. And I think that's where we also get away from sometimes is that lack of faith and that courage and that comfort Christ was teaching them too, I'm going to send you this Holy Ghost, and he's going to be that comforter for you. And I think we forget about that too. Our comforter, the Holy Ghost, really we should be clinging to that right now so much. Because we may not have the world peace here that we are used to. It may, it may get worse. And it, you know, if it does, then we need to remember that comforter. We need to remember the Holy Ghost. We need to remember what Christ told his disciples, that we have that also that we have this same peace. So we can see what Christ is saying here. He's given them this peace that they can depend on to get through a life of tribulation. Peace in a world of tribulation. He said, in me you might have peace, be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. You know, when we think about that, we have Christ who is there for us that we can go to any time in prayer. That's one way that we can grow in strength and faith at this time. We can read his word to build our spirit up and to go and see what they faced, see how they got through it, see what they did to get through it. In 2 Corinthians 10, 4 and 5, the Bible teaches us, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to pulling down the strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. I want to tell you, I've watched the some of the things that have gone on, and, and I, my mind goes to um, a roller coaster. It'd go to, it'd go to disappointment, frustration, anger, bad thoughts, feeling bad, sorry, Lord, and then in that cycle. Because I think that what we see is, as a nation that our loved ones have fought for and bled and died in those freedoms are being taken away and trampled on, and that hurts. Remember my mom's story, my, brother, my oldest brother, he's 72, and he has asked my mom, what, what, what's the most important things? And she said, God, country, and family. And he thought later, and he said, why didn't she say God, family, and country? But then he asked her and said, why did you say that? And he said, if you take care of your country, then you've got to understand this is World War II people. So she said, if you take care of your country and you respect it and love it, and your family will be okay. And so that's why she led into that. So we, when we see things that's going on today and that peace that's been taken away in those tribulations, I have to go there into prayer 
reading in the scriptures and reading things like this that will cast down things that come against me. So if I'm having these thoughts, I need to get rid of them. How do we, how do we put up with it? How do we have an inward peace right now with what's going on? If we um, have these thoughts that arise. You know, in 1968, I guess I was 10 years old, born in 58. And I think about times that are going on now compared to that when I was a kid. We think about needing to try and get our, our children engaged in things that are going on and, and get, letting them give input. What do you think? Let, let it get off their chest. Let them talk about it. And then look at it biblically, maybe. Look at it as a family. 1968, uh, the Beatles was going on. The... The viruses, the Hong Kong flu was going on. Man was landing on the moon, Vietnam War. Hong Kong flu didn't get any attention because the Vietnam War, man landed on the moon. There was so much going on, it literally got no attention. And with the herd mentality anyway to take care of it, life went on. I don't think, to me, when you think about that that many years ago, medically maybe not making some of the best decisions, but... Uh, economically and business-wise, yes, the world just continued on. Everything that's being thrown right now and seems that has this world messed up for us, I'm going to tell you the way I look and feel, um, it ain't right. Some, something ain't right. Something's just in the air that is just goofy. And so when you have that feeling, you kind of go back, you know, in your mind of maybe what possibly some of our our parents, our grandpas, and things and persecutions that they went through in tribulation. So how do we find peace in a world of tribulation? How do we, how do we get there? What if it gets worse? Where's your mind going to be? Spiritually carnal, how do we deal with it? How do we deal with it? We, are we going to go to scriptures like this and think about it and pull ourselves up and move on? You know, when you think about world peace, Christ said it's not world peace. He said it's my peace. Not as the world giveth. It's not a piece of ease. It's not a piece of self-contentment. It's not a piece of plenty. But that's where we go to. Brandon, your lesson spoke some on this today. And this is going to cross over a little bit. And I'll look at a different scripture. But we'll see the importance of not getting hooked up into depending on what the world offers as peace. You know, we can look at a lot of different things that, that really is just not peace. It's a temporary fix to help us feel good. But that's not what Christ teaches as far as peace. The peace of ease, Luke 12, 18, 22. And he said, I'll, this will I do. I will pull down my barns and build greater. And there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said unto him, thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then whose shall those things be which thou hast provided? So is he that layeth up treasure for himself and is not rich towards God. And he said unto his disciples, Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life. What ye shall eat, neither for the body and what ye shall put on. That's just a hard thing to read because it's so opposite of how I live my life. You know, have you ever thought somewhere 
when talking about our ancestors, somewhere back in, way back in there, somebody says, I think we just need to be successful. We need to do this. We need to have this in line. We need to be insured. So if this happens, we need to hedge here. We need to make sure we've got this. We need to have a little vacation here so we can go enjoy ourselves. We need to have all this in our life so we're just right. And so to me, it's almost like an assembly line that started way back and they built it wrong way of thinking. And it just somehow slipped the inspector's hands and that wrong part just kept going and going and going, got to the end of the line. It wasn't right. And you think about that in our lives sometimes. When you have someone with that kind of thinking of, I'm just going to build a bigger barn. I'm going to fill it up more. I'm going to put everything I can in it because I want more. I want more than my neighbor. I want more than the richest man around. I want to fill my barns. And so end of our life, we look at it, possibly we're on a deathbed, and we think to ourselves, I wish I'd never done that. I shouldn't have worked all that overtime. I should have lived my life differently. So the Bible teaches a piece of, of ease is, is not peace. It's a piece of self-contentment. Matthew 16, 24, 26, then said Jesus unto his disciples, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, and whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. For what is a man profited if he should gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? You know, you think about this, you, you look at the Bible characters that lost their life when they followed Christ. You look at Paul, who lost that life and did a different kind of life. And we can see in the scriptures that, that he didn't care. He didn't care that he lost all that, but he, look what he gained. When you think about self-contentment, the peace of self-contentment, it ain't just a bank full of money. It's not just certain things that in your life that, gives that you think gives self-contentment. I believe, too, that it is whatever condition that is going on in our lives, tribulation. Look what we've been robbed of just in, in the last months. Let me ask you a question. Why are you having anxiety right now? Why are you nervous? What are you afraid of? And are you content? There's a lot of us who say, no, I'm not. Because those things have been stripped away. Not content. Christ did not teach that. Whatever condition, if not just money, but a lot of things. Whatever condition that we're in, we are to be content. And so, I look at my life right now. I do see some anxieties. I see some fears. I see things that's going on that's not right. But the Bible teaches us that we are to be self-content. You know, when you think about people who were self-content in the Bible, uh, it should teach us some things. We'll look at some examples here in a moment. What about the peace of plenty? Luke 12, 15, and he said unto them, Take heed and beware. Word beware, that's a warning for us of covetousness. For a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of the things which he possesseth. As we learned a moment ago, uh, he was called a fool. Because as soon as those things, you know, were, you're, you're going to be done with them, who's are they then? I believe that's a reminder of us 
to put Christ first in our lives. The harder one fights for Christ, let's start looking at some areas that will give us some, some peace. The harder one fights for Christ, the greater will his inward satisfaction be. 2 Corinthians 12, 7-10 Unless I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of, other, of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to buffet me. Lest I should be exalted above measure, for this thing I besought the Lord three times, thrice, that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I glo uh, rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in my, in my in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses, for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. So when we look at Paul's example here of what he went through and the persecutions and, and the sufferings that he went through, man was still content. He, he, he glorified, gave God the glory for that. So I've been opposite. I've been, I think, selfish uh, many times, wishing and thinking and, and anger and emotions not right. So that's really kind of an inward selfish thinking so many of the times. You know, if we really flip this around, the harder one fights for Christ, the greater will inward satisfaction be. It's to see who needs help, to see things that we can do for the Christ church and to build it. And to think about this too, when we are in hardships, spiritually many people's hearts become open and it will be a great time to be able to preach the gospel. That souls will be saved. That those thoughts and their concerns about their life is starting to get a little softer in their heart and they will want to do something about it. So we'll have that opportunity to preach the gospel to them. So let's take advantage of these things many times instead of making it a problem for us. You know, peace given by Christ is a, is a life of self-sacrifice and harmony of doing God's will. We read here, it says, But what things were gained to me, Paul speaking, those I counted loss for Christ, yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ, Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ. When you think about losses, you know, and things that maybe we lose in this life, and it worries us, and we get concerned, and we get angry, and we and all these things going on, Paul is looking at it in his lifetime that I count it as nothing. Because we read a moment ago that, that he lost his life, but yet he's gained, and that's where Paul was at. If you think about Paul for a moment, highly educated, a great leader in the in Roman government, he's, he's persecuting the church, he had that stature, didn't he? He had that pride of who he was. He was putting people to death. He was catching them and dragging them out of their homes. He was putting them to death. He was putting them in prison. And you think about all this thing that Paul was lifted up and what he was. And he says, I count it all as dumb. That was nothing. And so he lost all that. But we see here that he was actually given so much more. And you think about the world at that time, if you want to look at the world at that time, think about 
really two religions. You had the Jews and you had Christians. We talk about persecutions and we think about tribulations and things that are going on and that Paul and what he was doing to them. If you're in your home, because the way you believed and they hated Christians, they went in and drug them out and put them in prison. And so we look back in history and we see tribulation then, we see tribulation now. So if we're looking at all this in the mind of Paul and we have these tribulations, we'd see where our thinking needs to be. You know what? When that was going on, the churches that were meeting in the homes and things at that time, that it got scattered. Their loved ones, their people, their neighbors were being drugged out by Paul and put in prison. And so they scattered. But what they do? They, they left their homes. What did they do when they did that? They, they were preaching. They went to preaching. And I think so many times, for me, you know, I think we isolate. We get persecuted. We get things that's not right with us. We separate. These folks went to preaching. And when we think about this attitude of, of Christians in the early church, we need to be the same way. We need to be faithful. We need to have these things in our lives singled out and not grow fearful and separate and isolate and have ourselves all bent out of shape because of what's going on. These folks suffered greatly, and they pulled together and started preaching, which is amazing to me. Peace given by Christ. Inward satisfaction is continuing to do God's will and live harmony with His will. It supersedes everything in this world. It supersedes every regulation. It supersedes everything in the world for us to gather together and worship our Heavenly Father and preach the gospel. That's peace. Paul had peace even with death. When you, know, when you think about uh, a, a true peace is being able to accept the fact, I'm going to die, I'm ready. And Paul was there. He said, for I am now ready to be offered and the time of the departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. And not to me only, but to all of them also that love is appearing. We need to keep the same faith. We need to have the things that come along to us in life, the infirmities, the persecutions, the things, the tribulations. Continue to be faithful. Continue to deal with it. Christ did it quietly. He just never got his, his demeanor wrong. And he, that's what he wanted the disciples to have when he left. I want to give you this peace, not the peace of the world. This peace I give to you. So what was the source of his peace? When you think about a source of peace like that, where does it come from? And in reading, it's a self-sacrifice and unfaltering obedience to the Father's will. John 8 and 29, And he that sent me is with me. The Father hath not left me alone, for I do always those things that please him. In this life, we must continue to do the same thing to have that source of peace also. So the power of the Lord's peace. You know, when, when Christ left this peace, left them the peace of the Holy Ghost, that comforter, why don't we depend on that? Why don't we know that it's there at times? When those thoughts are rolling, we're all messed up in the head. Fearful, anxiety-driven. 
We know there's power to the peace that the Lord gives us. Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatsoever is true, whatsoever is honorable, whatsoever is just, whatsoever is pure, whatsoever is lovely, whatsoever is commendable, if there be any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and God's peace will be with you. That's comforting to me. You know, God's word is there for a reason for us as Christians to depend on, the power of it, and to know and believe that there's power there, to know that the comforter, the, the Holy Spirit, will be with us in times that we're all messed up. We need to pray and ask in God's will that we have these things in our lives. The power of the Lord's peace is superior to all outward circumstances. I'm tired right now. My mind is many times. But when we read these scriptures and look at these things, the Lord's word is superior to any outward circumstance that gets us all messed up. Romans 8, 31, 34. What shall we say, then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? He that spared not his son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifieth. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather, that is risen again. Who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long, we are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. We read these scriptures and we see the power in the Lord's peace. We know that it's there. So take comfort and courage in peace that Jesus give you. It's there. We just got to dig down deep, find the faith of it, read the scriptures, pray. Surround yourself by Christians. No separation, no isolation. In our minds, in our physical bodies, we continue to love God and worship Him and to be built up. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth. Give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, and neither let it be afraid. Shouldn't be afraid. In the beginning of that chapter, the true peace that Christ is leaving those disciples in us, my peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, is at the beginning of that chapter. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. And that where I am, there ye may be also. And whither I go, ye know and the way you know. Christ built his disciples up and gave them the confidence and the courage 
That's where, that's where they'd be one day. Yeah, there would be tribulation in this life. But that's not the end of it. And if it gets worse, it gets worse. And we keep plugging along as Christians, staying faithful and doing what we know that we must do, and we will be blessed for it. We will end up right there with Christ also. I don't know the minds and the hearts of those that are here today. I hope the things that have been said about Christ and his peace that he gave to us has built you up, given you some comfort and to know and to have faith in that. I think that this is where we need to be even more so now today than, than ever. I think, you know, the church, Christ's church is fluid. It, it, it continues to move, grow, ten, continues to change some here and there, but it's, it's a con continual growing. My, my father-in-law, dad, I call him, he said, you're either uh, dead and rotten or, or alive and growing. And I think we're alive and growing here. I think this is some of the best opportunities that we have as a church right now because I believe people's hearts are opening up. And I think that people's hearts open up when they get fearful. And that's an opportunity to be able to teach them the hope that is in Jesus Christ. So let's not look at it as so much as a fear. Let's look at it as an opportunity to give comfort, to give courage. When Christ told his disciples to be of good joy, good it's cheer, it is comfort and courage. And I think that's what we need today is to be able to spread that to others. Thank you for listening to today's sermon podcast. If you'd like to know more about this subject or any other Bible topic, send us a message at our Facebook page, The Church of Christ, Wheeler Area.